0: Nicodemus was very well versed he was the elite teacher of his time and he answers Nicodemus most assuredly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God the desire for spiritual growth through Christ mindedness insights on biblically inspired faith consciousness and how the virtue of Christ helps us relate to the world around us Welcome to the Spiritual Renewal Podcast with your host, George Vasquez. Okay, John, chapter 3, starting with verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are the teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know, and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness? If I had told you earthly things, and you did not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? I'm looking at this uh, life of Nicodemus, and I'm also uh, relating it to uh, sometimes a a spiritual walk. Um, Nicodemus was a very interesting man. Uh, The Scripture talks about him as a a teacher among teachers, uh, a Pharisee among Pharisees, a a, a member of the Sanhedrin, which is a very high privilege, and it takes a lot of work and accomplishment to uh, make that achievement, to get that kind of a title. In fact, Nicodemus was a member of a, uh, the Council of 70, and that was like, it was like the highest Supreme Court of the land. In terms of Judaism, Nicodemus was very well versed, very well educated. Uh, he was uh, the elite teacher of his time. So, it, in a sense, then, it would be like saying, you know, getting Carl Sagan and some of these other astrophysicists together, world renowned, in one room to ask them a question about the universe of some sort. But they, they were the top of the top. So, Nicodemus was no uh, dummy. And in fact, uh, um, the Pharisees uh, very commonly used analogies to tell and stories to teach their point. But the fact of the matter is that they, they were the elite, the top of the top, the cream of the crop, the very best of the best. And Nicodemus, in particular, was one of these, uh, a ruler of the Jews, as the scripture brings out. And he comes to Jesus uh, by night. Um, there's this, um, analogy that Jesus Christ uses in terms of being born, not just being born, but being born again, anothean is the Greek word. Uh, it could also mean born from above. Maybe your Bible is translated born from above. Both are correct. Born from above or born again. Uh, unlike the times that we're reading from in the times where these Pharisees were there, they had to be their own google search bar in their own head because they didn't have it then nowadays we have resources that are available to us it brings us up to a new level of knowledge and information uh, in terms of what we can get you just go walk into any bookstore christian bookstores the shelves are just loaded with books and in fact, uh, one very, um, popular, uh, evangelist, a man by the name of Billy Graham, wrote a book, um, entitled, How to Be Born Again. And in fact, uh, if you wanted to maintain your sobriety, you could go to AA and they have steps, procedures. You do this step first, then this step, and you go from here to here to here to here. And it's a progressive how-to and uh, incremental steps. Do it yourself. The fact of the matter is that it's only by God and through His His Spirit that we're able to have any kind of help or be able to make any kind of progress in our life in terms of uh, our salvation whatsoever. So there's three specifics here throughout this portion of reading. There's the sinner's worry. Here we have Nicodemus coming to Christ, and he mentions these signs in verse Uh, 2, these signs. What signs was he talking about? Well, if you've been uh, keeping with us, in chapter 2, verse 23, there he says, Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs, which he did in 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So he was, so here's Christ and he's saying, don't bother trying to tell me what you're like. I know you're a man. Now sometimes we act a certain way with a, with a person, with a friend of ours, but we're thinking something different. Jesus was seeing straight through that. And Nicodemus comes up to him and he begins this line of questioning with a preface. He said, well, I know who you are. You got to be from God. Now, here you have a teacher of a teacher amongst teachers. Nicodemus knows scripture and memory verses beyond what you could imagine right now. If you're very proficient in a certain subject, you seek out people that are also as proficient in that subject as well. In fact, you're desiring to uh, expand your knowledge further So you're looking for someone that actually knows more than you so that you could learn from him. See, Nicodemus was so smart and so astute in terms of his knowledge of Scripture and Old Testament theology that he was really desiring someone that knew more than him. And he had questions. He had questions. But he, the people around him could not answer him because he had advanced questions. He's come from God and he's bound to know something and give me a clue of how I'm feeling. When I say that Nicodemus was the elite teacher of the Jews, I'm not just talking about knowledge. I'm saying he's very wealthy too. Some scholars believe that he was the third wealthiest person in all of Judea. And not only that, but he knew language. He knew language in in a very certain way that was beyond other people. They have a college course that you can take. It's called semantics. Do you know that if you take a a class in semantics and you graduate with that, that um, you can get just virtually any job anywhere? Why? Because you have mastered the art of conversation. You know how to lead a person through a conversation and make a point. You can understand people on a level that no one else can. And you can use words and relate to them in a way that you can manipulate a conversation to your benefit. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, uh, what do I need to do? I know that you're from God. And uh, Jesus already reading his mind. He's looking at his heart. He knows, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Let me give you an answer before you ask a question. Because if you notice carefully, verse 1 and 2, Nicodemus, he he hasn't asked any questions. He's just saying, I know you're from God. And Jesus answered because he already knew the question in his head. Because why? The the previous verses in chapter 2 says, he knows men. He knows how men think. He knows how you're thinking. He knows how you're thinking because of the circumstances you have to deal with. He already knows it. He sees right straight through it. And so he's not here to commit himself to men, but he's here to show man who he is. And he answers Nicodemus most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now we've heard this term, being born again. We've heard, it, in fact, If you read through these verses, you'll see that he says it some five times, just right here in up to verse 12. Being born again, being born again, being born again. What is it about being born again? Have you ever seen a how-to book in a bookstore that says how to be born? It's the idea that, not yeah, you were born a physical person, but then to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. That's being regenerated. Nicodemus' heart is crying out, and he wants to know what is real, what is reality. The only reality for Nicodemus was that he had to go through the ritual process, all this religious, religiosity. This can happen to us. We get caught up in the mechanics of ministry. It's good to have that kind of regiment, that kind of discipline at first, Whereas with this kind of feeling that Nicodemus has, he says, I'm yearning to know. I want to know something that there's something missing in my heart that needs to be filled. I'm going to go ask Jesus and see what he says. And in verse four, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He's not being sarcastic. What he's at really saying to Jesus is saying, tell me more about this. There were so many verses in Ezekiel and in uh, Jeremiah that he knew that spoke about this uh, regenerative spirit that uh, indwells upon a person and that is not a respecter of men and that would come upon us and that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he recognized that process. He wasn't completely ignorant of it. So he asked, so he asks this question: How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, and He says, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God." He's saying, "You don't need to do anything, Nicodemus. You you, you don't have a say in this. You're just going to be born. God's going to choose you, and you're going to be born. You're going to be born again." And Nicodemus is going, but He says, right, his word, Nicodemus' words in verse 9, he says, Nicodemus answered him and said, but, 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 how could this be? How could this be? You mean, I I don't have to go to the temple and prepare and wash my, and do this and do that. Everything that he was trained and that his whole life represented in terms of doing, doing, doing. And all of a sudden, Jesus drops this bombshell on it and says, you ain't got nothing to do with it. It requires no participation it's a divine miracle that's going to occur upon you, and you're going to be born again. And he's going, but, 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 how could that be? <laughs> I've been a Pharisee all this time, and I've been doing all these things. And that, I think we get stuck in that kind of mode. We start thinking into our, into our hearts, you know what, if I don't do this and I don't do that, it's not by your will that you're saved, it's by God's will that you're saved. It's not, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it's not by your faith. It's by God's faith that you are saved. You see, through His grace. You see, we fail to recognize that, see, that the Spirit of God is doing things through us and it has nothing to do with us personally. David had gone through the whole scenario with Bathsheba, a huge amount of sin, He murdered a man. He committed adultery, fornication, had a child. The child died. It was, it was all bad situation every which way you, you look at it. And here he writes this particular psalm and he says in verse 1 of 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. and in my mother, as my mother conceived me. Not that uh, his mom had committed adultery, but that he's relating the idea of endemic sin all the way from the beginning through his entire life. And then he says in verse 6, Behold, you desire truth in your inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me The joy of your salvation and hold me by your generous spirit that I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, and God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are in broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem, then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Uh, A little bit more on Nicodemus and John. John chapter 7 takes place two years after they had this little talk. Verse 50, Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, that does your law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? And they answered him and said, are you also from Galilee? And search and looking for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. They started mocking Nicodemus, Nicodemus made a stand in front of all of his peers in the Sanhedrin, and he said, you know what? I don't believe that Jesus is guilty. That took a lot of guts. And if you flip a few pages over to chapter 19, you'll also see what happened with Nicodemus. There, John the Apostle writes about him once again in the 38th verse of chapter 19. And Nicodemus, who first came to Jesus by night, He also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. That's a lot. That's a whole lot of stuff. It was like a resin, a mixture that was uh, put put on the body to keep the body from rotting. And uh, to bring that much was to show Jesus Christ how much he honored Christ. And in so doing, then he was giving up that life as a Pharisee and moving on in through Christianity. We don't hear much more about Nicodemus anymore. In scripture, But I imagine that he was right there in the forerun, the foreruns of the church as Peter was beginning to build the church. And so what a wonderful thing it is to see the regeneration, not only that we have the opportunity for ourselves to be born again, but to watch Nicodemus in his life as he becomes converted and he himself uh, receives the calling of God to become regenerated pastor george thanks. if you like the show just include us in your feed subscribe and turn on notifications for updates visit us at virtueeffects.com. that virtue no l and effect all one word.com